Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Very Investing Podcast. Hope you had a very good day today. Markets, not so much today. A Dow Jones finishing down 366 points, although at one point today, uh, what was the ultimate? What was the low here? The low in the day was um, 33,771. So yeah, at one point today, the Dow was down more than 500 points. It's been a while since we've seen that. What really stood out today uh, were a few things. Number one, and we'll get into all this. Uh, the 10-year yield broke 4%, now at 4.04% uh, off the highs of the day, uh, which uh, intraday highs were at 4.08%, still well below, I said well below, still quite a bit below the the, uh, the high yield of last October of 4.33%. But the 10-year is absolutely creeping up, as Tyler's been covering. Uh, once it broke out of his Tyler's upper uh, trading band, he expected it to conti- uh, continue higher, and it has. Uh, also, this morning, the ADP jobs data, wow, estimates for 220,000 jobs have been created in the month of June, and, and, and ADP came out with 497,000, so well over two times uh, the amount of jobs created ADP thought. But again, ADP is um, it's not a it's not a staple. It's not anything that anybody ever freaks out about. Sometimes it's a precursor of what's going to happen tomorrow, which, of course, tomorrow we'll get the full uh, BLS, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics. We'll get the official data for the month of June tomorrow, and that estimate is 240,000 jobs were created. So we'll see. Again, the concern now has become the Fed is going to tighten quite a bit more, possibly, um, and uh, that's that's really where this volatility is coming from and the move higher in rates. Also today... I mean, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, this happens. Downside volume today on NYSE was 89.1%. That's high, okay? That's high in a, in a troubling way uh, because it just comes out of nowhere. I mean, this is, uh, we, we were only down 366 points today, uh, basically 1%. S&P 500 was only down eight-tenths of 1%. What the heck? Why are we in this midst of this great new bull market? Why are, why are we experiencing a day like this? We'll find out. Uh, it could be a one-off. It probably is. But this gets your attention. It just does. 90% down volume days are, are, are really a red flag. Uh, this is right there. 89.1% down volume day for NYSE. But at the same time, NASDAQ volume came in only slightly negative. I mean, like $20 million negative total out of more than $5 billion worth of trading today in NASDAQ. So just ba- barely negative volume in NASDAQ. But you know what I see was 89.1%. Again, uh, you, see, you do this long enough, you start seeing things you've never seen before. I've never seen anything close to this before. Uh, it probably means nothing, but obviously I'm talking about it. it. has my attention, has our attention, so we're talking about it to you. Also, Tyler told me today, airlines. Airline stocks at a 52-week high. Uh, this week, all throughout the week, various airline stocks in the ETF hit a 52-week high this week. Uh, so if you've flown it all, you know why. They've planes your pack. And that is not the sign, by the way, of a weak economy. We're just not seeing those signs. We Tyler covered this in his podcast yesterday uh, about the Fed's dilemma, the quandary they're in. Uh, because inflation is about to roll over. we should That should start happening next week with the CPI and PPI data. 
Uh, and we're seeing it globally as well. Ed Hyman and Evercore has been covering this a lot. Inflation, it might be acting sticky, but it is clearly rolling over. We should get that data and confirmation of that next week with the CPI and PPI. And then from then on, it just continues. Because once we peaked in inflation, you know, it's been it's been rolling off pretty aggressively. So again, that's 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 also remember the Fed again, Tyler got all this. I remind I, I, I recommend you go back and listen to Tyler's podcast from yesterday. Uh, I've listened to it twice. And he hits on all the most important notes because the Fed has been saying that the only reason that they're hiking rates is not because the economy is too strong. I mean, two percent GDP growth is not barn burner, right? Now the labor market's very tight, yes, from wage pressures and uh, inflation are coming from that. But the Fed's been saying, and this is Jay Powell once again. Uh, we're all, our inflation's our concern. Inflation's our concern. And that's all they've talked about now after getting it so wrong. You know, we're calling it transitory and just completely whiffing. Oh, it wound up being 41 year highs in inflation. I mean, just an, what an embarrassment. I saw somebody the other day, I don't remember who it was, but wrote an article and said, uh, Jay Powell has been right and he may be the best Fed chairman in history. <laughs> <laughs> I realized right away this is a very young person that wrote this that is also very terribly uh, uninformed because it was just over a year ago, matter of fact, March of last year, where uh, Jay Powell and his merry band of money printers were talking about transitory inflation. And that, no, we don't really have inflation. And no, it's transitory. And we don't think, and then, oh, no, we don't think it's going to last long. And, and then, holy shit, right? Here come the 500 basis 525 basis points of rate hikes so uh, jay powell is uh, the worst fed chair that is that's been in, in in office in in my history uh and again i go back to paul voker so um and i wasn't a fan of greenspan bernanke was okay yellen actually wasn't bad uh but this guy has made five major policy mistakes if you want to call him that and the time he's been fed here, yes, he did come in with with Donald J. Trump. That was an appointment from Trump, uh, and then and then they 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 went out to to try to destroy uh, Trump with eight straight rate hikes in 2018. I mean, one of these days is going to make a really good book, and someone should write it honestly. Let's hope someone does. Uh, what's happened in the last few years is just mind bending, frankly. Uh, but look, the Fed. If they're only concerned with inflation, again, starting next week with the CPI and PPI, we think a, a, a new scenario is going to be unfolding. Well, we expect to have, have happen anyway, and we think these rates are going to start melting away. Uh, and that's just a process that's going to continue because uh, innovation, and we've talked about this a lot here, we expect innovation to bring with it deflation. Uh, that That is what innovation does, folks. It makes things cheaper. And if we're going to have the level of innovation and, uh, you know, AI, et cetera, everything led by super tech, if you will, that uh, so many of us expect to see happen, uh, then innovation means deflation. And that means much lower rates. And that's our future. And again, that's going to drive so much positivity. Uh, you think about all the great things that low rates does, you know, uh, and this time not artificially low, this time low because innovation uh, and deflation are having that impact. It's been fantastic for the housing market, fantastic for corporate earnings. 
again, that's that's where the that's why the market's going up now. The market is the ultimate discounting mechanism, and the market's telling you something really good is coming this way. That's that's our read anyway. Uh, that's what we see now, and I think and we wrote a book about it. The bribe we lay it all out. So we've got five mega trends we're looking at. Uh, uh, you know, financial engineering kind of encompasses all of them, uh, but the, the lower rates, deflation, uh, and of course innovation going to play a major role in the in the, the boom time that we expect is directly ahead, and that certainly will include lower rates. Uh, that's what we think starts next week. So uh, that's our call. Uh, over the last year, uh, we've had our VRA economic keys. I wrote this up this morning. I'm going to cover it quickly with you now. Uh, these have been our keys that we've looked at as, as everybody said, oh, but we're going to have an inflation, we're going to have a recession. And then, oh, we're going to have a banking crisis. You know, all the fear mongers that have been out there and the permanent bears. But we did not, we didn't see that. Uh, we've been buyers at this entire t- time from the October 13th lows. Buying on dips has been the smart, one of the biggest smart money plays. But what we saw last year, and we've talked about this religiously, is that number one, it is statistically impossible to have a recession when the unemployment rate is below 4%, home prices are at record highs, home stocks, home building stocks are at all-time highs as they just were last week, and the homeowner is in the best financial shape of in history. And we know that's true because the homeowner has the highest credit score in history. Homeowners have the highest net equity in history. And the default rate has never been lower than it is now. It is taking up a bit. But still, this is all very powerful data because, yes, the, the, the housing industry and, 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 and housing is that important. Uh, certainly, it's our number one leading economic indicator in the VR investing system. Nothing's more important than housing. Uh, also, People again, just still, I still see people that are saying, "Here comes another 2008." You know, of course, they said it during the banking crisis and got people worked up. But people still think that we've got this bugaboo uh, black uh, swan event that's about to pop up. That's going to be worse than 2000. I guess things possible, but uh, look, the economy and this time frame we're in could hardly be more different than 2008 uh, with the. Uh, the number of people that were in trouble with their mortgage back then, that just is not the case now. And again, again, we, I said a minute ago, as a discounting mechanism, what are we, 16 months away now from a, a new election? Is that right? 16, 17 months away? Well, the market starts discounting fairly far out. Uh, so I think, you know, at some point the market's going to start saying, okay, how's the U.S. economy going to do with a Republican president? Instead of a Democrat president, either or DeSantis or Trump, uh, the red pilling of America is another one of our mega trends. We we write about it in, in the Big Bribe, and we think it's extraordinarily uh, bullish for both the economy and the markets. And again, we combine that with innovation is about to change everything. This is how we get to Meltupville. Uh, this is how we get back to a, a dot com like ninety five to two thousand a dot com melt up. With everything that's happening underneath the surface, led by liquidity, record levels of global liquidity, combine that with corporate earnings, excuse me, corporate and, and, and consumer balance sheets that are rock solid. Uh, corporate balance sheets have never been better in history, and there's not a close second. So, again, you're not really hearing this on the mainstream media, but 
but you know, why would you? Uh, uh, Trump's the guy that told us uh, don't believe the, the fake news uh, of mainstream media. Not that they're all that, but uh, certainly uh, in balance they are. And uh, uh, they don't like talking about the positives because that doesn't sell. A negative sell. And so that's why they focus on it. But that's not what we're seeing at all. Um, and the and global economy, same thing, uh, is, is actually holding up really well. Just imagine how Europe is going to do when Ukraine, Ukraine, Russia now, the money laundering operation that it's been is running its course. We're seeing reports now in multiple places over the last week or two. It says peace talks are going to happen. Now, that's speculation. That's the, no, no, there's been no confirmation of that. I want to make sure, sure I'm clear on this. There's been no confirmation of this. Neither government or the U.S. or Russia or Ukraine have even talked about this. But back channel talks are happening. And uh, because the U.S. has got to get out of it. They've already we've already sent two hundred billion dollars or whatever the number is. That that that's it. The Ukrainian oligarchs, the U.S. oligarchs, Russian oligarchs have all got their cut. Now it's time for phase two, which is going to be the rebuilding of Ukraine, which is going to come with a minimum price tag of a couple trillion dollars. Europe is going to go crazy with this money. People think that war is negative. It's not. War is positive. For, for the economies and the markets, look at every war that's ever been fought. The back end is called rebuilding and print the money and here we go again. This is essentially war is now, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, the birthplace of jobs and economic and wealth creation apparently. Uh, but, you know, times change. That's where we are, folks. Uh, and again, we, I think that you'll see the rebuilding process of Ukraine be, uh, be in place and next year, and the markets are going to start discounting that as well. Oh, there are so many reasons to be bullish on this economy, and certainly on the markets for sure. Um, all right, let's take a look again. The market today, I said that earlier, Dow finished down 366, down 1%. That's your 100, uh, 8 tenths of 1%. Uh, NASDAQ uh, down 8 tenths of 1% as well. I had a pretty good rally there. And Rust 2000 are a loser down 1.6% on the day. Semiconductors also had a really solid comeback. At one point, down almost 3%, finished down 1.2% on the day. Uh, but again, it's the internals that really, this is uh, it's a head-scratcher for me. 89.1% down volume for uh, NYSE. Don't, don't know really how that's possible, frankly, in a move like this, especially when NASDAQ volume was only slightly negative. But anyway, it, that, that happened. Uh, also negative today. NYSE, advanced decline. Negative five to one, five to one negative. Not not good there. Uh, in Nasdaq, advanced decline, a better than three to one negative. And new highs lows came in at just sixty one new highs to one hundred and seventy two uh, new lows. Now, sector watch today. All eleven sectors finished lower. Led the downside by energy down two point four percent. Consumer discretionary stocks down one point six percent, and utilities down one point two. Uh, they've been uh, performing pretty well. But again. All sectors down 11, uh, all 11 sectors down lower on the day. And our commodity watch. Gold today uh, down $2, $10 an ounce at $19.16. That's half percent. Silver down 2% today. It's down a big 48 cents an ounce at $22.91. Copper uh, down 2 cents a pound today at $374 a pound. Crude oil um, flat. 
actually up 10 cents a barrel at 71.91. Not great seeing energy stock going the other direction. Um, and finally, of the day, where we have Bitcoin down 168 at 30,269. All right, folks, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.